So excited to tell you about everything being brought to you by Merge Records, home of independent music since 1989. I'm a legit fan of Merge. I'm flattered that they advertise on our podcast. And guess what? On October 5th, Merge will release the epic new album, Dose Your Dreams, from Toronto's own Fucked Up. This is one of the most fantastic bands, fan of the Gethard Show, probably one of the best musical performances in the history of the show, and nice people on top of it. Dose Your Dreams continues the fucked up tradition of storytelling that rewards the tenacious listener with each spin. Visit MergeRecords.com to learn about, listen to, and shop for music by Fucked Up as well as Super Chunk, The Mountain Goats, Neutral Milk Hotel, Waxahachie, and more. I mean, that's that's a killer lineup I just named. Guess what? You get 20% off anything in the Merge store, plus free domestic shipping when you use the coupon code BEAUTIFUL at checkout. Go to the Merge store, 20% off. That's amazing. Enjoy it. You guys might know Howard Kramer from the uh, Who Charted podcast. I've had the pleasure of doing it. Howard is a really funny guy, true gentleman in New Jersey. Howard, an engineer star, a producer, young Kevin, bring an extra chart for Stitcher Premium listeners. Listen to Howard discuss old music with new stories like Mole Man updates, summer tips, much more. Only on the Premium Stream. Listen to new weekly episodes of Who Charted Premium Stream out now on Stitcher Premium. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, go to stitcherpremium.com slash charted. Use promo code STORIES. Hello to everybody who believes in random acts of kindness. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Thanks for listening. Giving you a warning up front. It's going to be a tough one for a lot of people. But it's a beautiful one, too. It's one that I hope maybe spreads around because I think anyone who's a human being could get something out of this one. Usually at the tops of these things, I tell you what's going on in the Facebook group and I plug my upcoming tour dates in the book and stuff like that. I don't think that's appropriate for this one. Even just mentioning it, that's enough. You guys know where to find that info if you want it. You're about to listen to a call that I would say is one of the most incredible calls in the history of the show. And I know sometimes with these intros, I can uh, be a little hyperbolic with my claims, but I think everyone's going to agree. This is someone who survived an incident that is infamous worldwide, a shooting that caused headlines everywhere that has continued the debate surrounding firearms and mental health in our country. This is someone who was there. This is someone who I learned through the course of this call is also potentially someone who can teach the rest of us how to deal with life and how to treat others and how to stay strong. I just got off the phone. I'm pretty shell-shocked right now. You can hear it. Um, just one of the most beautiful people who has ever called this show. And uh, I feel so blessed and so lucky that I got to hear her words. Enjoy. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, uh... Great. I tell you, I was just recording my audiobook for my new book, and it's I was in there for seven hours today. 
But I got another hour. Wow. I got another hour in me. I just switched recording. Well, booths. I'm. Uh, hopefully, I can you know add a little bit of excitement into that day. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I'm sure you will. But I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about everything. Um, and how awesome. are how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm getting my summer is about to come to an end. Mm -hmm. So I have a few more days and then I head home on Sunday. So trying to soak in the sun and enjoy the last few days of summer while I can. (laughs) Are you a teacher? Do you get your summers off? Uh, No, I'm not. (laughs) My husband is in school Mm -hmm. and I actually work full time. But um, I am lucky where I I can basically work from wherever I need to be. So when he's not in school... We get to, you know, come home and, you know, spend time with family and see all of our friends and go to the beach. So it's nice. That's awfully nice. When you can work, when you can work yeah. a system like that, that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can be a little hard, you know, working from home by yourself for 40 hours a week, but I get yeah. through it. <laughs> well, you got to, you got to put, you got to turn off the Wi-Fi and not fall down any internet rabbit holes and find the motivation, but, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, I need the internet to do my job. (laughs) uh, Yeah, that's a trap. That's a trap right there. But some some people are breaking their backs in in much harder situations than you and I, my friend. It sounds like. It sounds like. I'm very grateful. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it can be hard depending on what's going on in your life you know here if things are going well you know it's easy to sit in a room all day and work and get your work done and things aren't going too well (laughs) it's easy to get distracted yeah absolutely (laughs) and get your mind off of it with any other thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now full disclosure for anyone listening you left a voicemail i have not heard it I have heard that it yeah, I did. I have heard that you left it a few months ago and it was it was very topical to something from when you when you you left it but it was like 2 or 3 months back. That's about yes, that's, that's about correct. all I know about what you want to talk about today. So, I'm actually a survivor of a mass shooting. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's uh yeah. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> There's nothing, you know, really anyone can do about it. <laughs> I'm living life, so yeah. But if I didn't really, say I'm so sorry, what what kind of person would I be? You when you can say, <laughs> yeah, that's true. If I was like, oh, cool, what was that like? Then I'm a yeah. sociopath. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, what was that so. like? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to make too many jokes. Because it's a serious thing. No. <laughs> you know what? It's good. Laughter is good for the soul. So, joke well, away. <laughs> I'd like to think so. But it's, uh, this is actually something that uh, um, I, I get very worked up about for a variety of reasons. But I don't want to make it about me. I'm sure my opinions will come out along the way. Where would you like yeah. to begin? Where would you like to begin? Because this is your story well, to tell. Well, you know, I think, you know, as a survivor... You know, a lot of people don't really get to tell their entire story. Um, And I feel like when a mass shooting happens, a lot of what the focus is, 
is like all on the, you know, who the shooter was and, you know, how many people were injured or didn't make it through. And, you know, I just think that there's a lot of positivity that also comes out of being a part of that. And, you know, I hope that I can, you know, share a little bit of that side of, you know, being a survivor. Well, maybe we start there because most people don't think positivity when they hear mass shootings. So maybe before we get into anything else, maybe you could share the positivity you're mentioning. Like what are the, what are these silver linings you've found or the positivity that's come out of this situation? Well, the first thing that happened was um, a few days after the incident, I found out that my husband actually saved or, you know, helped a girl who had been shot. Wow. Um, and so, you know, that was very positive, you know, to be able to focus on, you know, that story and reconnecting them and not all the crazy news that it was coming out in the days following. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And the other thing is that there's a very beautiful community that has been created from all the survivors or as a lot of people like to say within that community, we're warriors um, just because it's a constant fight, uh, you know, to get through all the things we saw and had to experience, but it's become a very positive community um, that is very focused on spreading love. And it's a great thing to be a part of. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. So August 4th marked 58 days until the one-year anniversary. And 58 is kind of an important number um, because that's how many people were killed. 58. So in honor of the 58 people, myself and a lot of the other warriors have just have started a journey um, doing 58 random acts of kindness in honor of each person that w- was killed. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I haven't sp- smiled so much, you know, in the last year or so than when I'm doing my random acts of kindness. And are you doing, is it like one a day for 58 days? You may have said that. Um, that's the idea. <laughs> um, but, you know, some days it can be hard to get one in. Maybe yeah. you're just not in a situation. So, um, yes, the idea is one a day. But so far, I kind of find my weekends are a little bit easier to go out and do them. Yeah. So I do about five to ten every weekend. That's incredible. And, you know, it's something, you know, as simple as just sacrificing my $5 that I spend on a Starbucks coffee every day, you know, buying a gift card and giving that to someone else. Yeah. You know? Just simple, small things to make someone else happy. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. Hopefully, you know, the goal is for it to start kind of a ripple effect. So hopefully that person who, you know, received this random act of kindness 
will pay it forward and that person will pay it forward, you know, just because love is great. <laughs> yeah. 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 And there's a whole community of people that are each doing these acts of kindness over these 58 days. Yeah. So you know, whole- we're, we're all over the world. And the, or not world, the country, you know? So I think that is the very unique situation um, because, oh, I guess I didn't mention it, but the shooting that I was a part of was Las Vegas one. Yeah, when you said 58, I, I imagined that that was the case. So you were at that. It was a music festival or, or a concert? Yeah, it was a festival. So yeah. it was three days, um, and it happened on the last day of the festival. Right, right. I'm just going to put out there right away, if that's okay, that mm-hmm. whatever you'd like to share about being there that day itself, I'm I'm very happy to listen. Very interested. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna force the issue though, because I would imagine that those details are hard sometimes to uh, to relive. So if you don't want to. I'm totally down with that. And and if anybody who might listen to this in the future is like, oh, why didn't you ask for the nitty gritty stuff? It's because this is not a game and this is not, and you know, hopefully this is an entertaining podcast, but your, your feelings are far more uncomfortable, are far more important to me than, than the entertainment factor. So whatever you want to share, share it, but I'm not going to pry. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'm an open book. Uh, any kind of question that you probably can think of asking, I probably have been asked already. Um, and I don't mind sharing anything about it just because, you know, I think it's important to talk about and, you know, I've dealt with it and I'm still dealing with it and, you know, have had lots of therapy, but, you know, I've, I, I find talking about it is healing for me. Okay. Because I think it's healing for other people as well, just to kind of hear from someone who was there. Yeah. And, you know, to know that, you know, I'm still smiling, I'm still enjoying life, you know, this, is, this event is not going to define me or, you know, bring me down. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't mind, I don't mind sharing anything. I mean, it's been... It's crazy. It's been 10 months now. So yeah, some of the details, like, you know, you block out and they come a li- become a little bit fuzzy, but right. you know, right. that's life. <laughs> so there's some details that there's just maybe some like PTSD type. Those memories aren't, aren't coming back right now. And that's yeah, a, that I mean, type of thing. There's PTSD, but you also have to remember <laughs> this was a festival in Las Vegas. Right. So, right. Know, so on a more... <laughs> you know, part of it was that <laughs> I probably wasn't going to remember even if that, you know, even if the shooting didn't happen. <laughs> I can't believe we are finding you know? laughs. I can't believe we're finding laughs. Right. Just on a more basic level, you're, and it was a country festival, if I remember right. Yep. You're in it Vegas. Was. You're having some drinks. Oh, my God. So just on a basic level. People are a little fucked up. Sorry, Sally. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, and, well, at least myself and my friends that I were with, you know, we didn't want to waste any of the alcohol that we brought. (laughs) Really? Really? That was was a priority in that situation. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, obviously this was at 4 p.m., so you have no idea, you know, yeah. what was going to, we had no idea what was going to happen later that night. So finishing the alcohol, we did. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and that's the craziest part for me about that weekend is it was one of the best weekends of my life, and it was one of the worst weekends of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy, you know, that that juxtaposition of the two in my mind. It's, it's a little hard to wrap your head around. Right. I've never thought about that, that it was a festival in Vegas. People are drinking. People are probably doing a little bit more than that. People are impaired. Yeah. So when the when yeah. when when the situation starts unfolding, I've never thought about this. Would you say it's a situation? It must be. People must not even their reaction time must not be on point. Like it, it, it must have taken people a minute to figure out that this was real or what was even happening. I would imagine. Oh, definitely. And you know, a lot of us assumed it was fireworks. You know, we're like, woo, keep partying, fireworks. Wow. And then once Jason Aldean ran off the stage, it, at least for me, that's when it hit. You know? So some... I, I thought, you know, when, when I thought it was fireworks, I thought maybe it was part of the show. Right. It was the last day. He was the last act. He's he's a fun performer. I thought it was just part of the show. Right. Um, until my husband threw me down and laid on top of me. Wow. 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 Yeah. So someone someone must so. have sent so the performer on stage, someone sent them word or sent them a signal like you got you gotta get out of there right now. And what yeah. happens? He and the band just take off and you all realize, oh, that's not a thing that ever happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean for me, that was a very defining moment. Mm-hmm. Um, when the music stopped, the lights went off and he ran off stage. Wow. That's when it became real to me. Yeah. And he got on top of it. So this guy saved, he helped save someone. He got on top of it. You're, you, you must, uh, again, silver linings. You had mentioned your husband as one of them. His behavior sounds like you must be so impressed by the courage that he showed that day. A few times around, it sounds like. Yeah. I'm definitely very lucky and very proud. Um, you know, if you, if you talk to him, he would say he didn't do anything. Um, you know, he was in the military and he was actually a medic in the military. Um, so if you ask him, he just says my training kicked in, wow. you know, I just did what I was trained to do. Um, so it, if he wasn't there, I don't, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. So I'm very lucky. So can I ask, so he, the performers take off. It dawns on you that this is not fireworks. He gets you down on the ground. He's on top of you. And then do you just, what's his, stra- I mean, I mean, he has, he has military training. So I'm, I'm sure he has like, who knows? I, I can't make any assumptions, but maybe less panic than someone who doesn't have that training. What steps does, does he kind of walk you through? Do you, do you stay still? Do you try to get? out and find cover what, what what are the next steps so so two things are going on right so one you're being shot at and we don't know where it's coming from and two 
you're surrounded by 22,000 people and we're down on the ground, you don't want to get trampled. Right. So the, at the first, like, sign, so basically throughout the shooting, there were p- brief periods where there were no shots. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was doing. I, I have no idea. But basically, um, what we did was every time there was a lull, we got up and we ran towards an exit. Every time he started shooting again, you know, we got down. Every wow. time a lull, got up, keep running, you know. Wow. So, um, yeah, that that's basically how it was. I, you know, my knees, as you can imagine, were pretty messed up because I'm, I'm running at full speed. And then all of a sudden, you know, my husband is throwing me down. Right. Um, so I'm lucky in that, you know, I didn't get shot. Um, but I got injured in that I, my knees were so swollen I couldn't walk. Right. For a week after. And I'm sure that's your husband. Is that his training kicking in going, this can't be like a gentle thing where I say, hey, it's time to get down again. He has to get you down and get you covered. And he's not, he's not, he's willing to sacrifice your knees at that point to get you out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, me being the wife, I'm yelling at him like, I know what's going on. (laughs) Like, I can do this myself. You know, I, I wouldn't be a wife if I wasn't doing that. You must look back and you must look back and, and <laughs> this this guy is this guy is uh, shepherding you to safety using military <laughs> tactics. You must look back and go, I probably I probably could have bit my tongue on that and trusted his training a little bit more. I would imagine. Oh yeah, I I definitely apologize to him <laughs> after. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, and then you make it, you make it yeah. to an exit. You get to a place where you feel safe. Yeah. So um, what happened is we went out and exit and then got stuck in a cul-de-sac and had to start jumping fences to get away wow. or, you know, just to get far, far enough away. Right. Um, you know, cause still at this time we have no idea how many shooters there are, you know, what's going on. We're still, you know, in this panicked mode. And, you know, I'm a very clumsy person. Um, The amount of injuries I've had in my lifetime is insane. (laughs) I've never jumped a fence so gracefully or quickly in my life before. (laughs) Just pure adrenaline is kicking in. Yeah, pure adrenaline kicks in. So um, we jumped like two fences. And we got to a place where my husband felt that I was going to be safe. And he just found these random women who were walking, or we weren't walking at that point, who were running by us. And he just said, I have to go back. Please take care of my wife. And I, I ran with these three women down, you know, one of the main boulevards away from the strip until we felt safe. And just found a hotel and stayed there until we could regroup. Oh, my God. I'm I'm very thankful for the three women, you know. (laughs) We're going to go ahead. We're going to pause there. And, you know, when I throw to commercials, I usually like to make a joke or something. Keep it light. I'm not doing that this time. We have ads. 
We have sponsors. That's why we get to bring the show to the world. So check them out. Use the promo codes, you know the spiel. When we get back, we're going to get back into uh, one of the phone calls that has most touched me in the history of the show. So let's just do it. Support for today's show comes from Brooklinen. Named the winner of the best of online betting category by Good Housekeeping, Brooklinen is the fastest growing betting brand in the world with over 20,000 five-star reviews. Their mission? To bring five-star hotel quality sheets to everyday life, offering luxury sheets without the luxury markup. Their method? Eliminating the middleman, keeping things personal from design to manufacturing to customer service and beyond. I sleep on Brooklinen sheets. They're really comfortable. Me and my wife, we like them. When we want to get into bed and just watch TV on the iPad, we will often say, let's put those Brooklinen sheets on the bed right now because those are the ones you want to just settle into. My Brooklinen sheets are the best, most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for my listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code BEAUTIFUL at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so sure you'll love your new sheets that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code BEAUTIFUL. Brooklinen. These really are the best sheets ever. You got to start the day, but maybe you got to bed a little later than you wanted to. A lot of us, we need a morning energy boost for the day to really start. A lot of people are talking about coffee here, right? Morning cup of joe. There's a new way to enjoy it thanks to Cafe Monster. Available in vanilla, mocha, and salted caramel. Cafe Monster shaking up the ready-to-drink coffee category with indulgent gourmet coffee. It's only 190 calories. It's a good morning kick right there in one easy-to-open bottle. You're running out the door. You don't have time to make your own coffee. Grab a Cafe Monster. They got 150 milligrams of caffeine from coffee beans, B vitamins, coffee fruit extract. Cafe Monster offers a simplified energy blend that contains a third less sugar than the leading national brand. It's 100 fewer calories a bottle than the competition. Tastes great. Get the same feel and flavor as your local coffee house, and you don't even have to wait in line. I tell you, I've had some in my house. It's good stuff. It's easy to grab and go, like I said. I actually left a box of them right by my desk, and that way if I'm running late in the morning, I'm trying to get here to the uh, the uh, studios, trying not to be late. Grab that Cafe Monster, drinking on my way to the train. That's a fun train ride after that. Wide awake. Cafe Monster, chill it down, shake it up, enjoy. Thanks again to all of the advertisers who help us bring the show to the world. Now let's get back to this phone call. Just found a hotel and stayed there until we could regroup. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm, very, I'm very thankful for the three women. You yeah. know. So when you when you were <laughs> hopping the fe- when you were hopping the fences, that was just you and your husband at that point. That wasn't like a stream of people. No, no, no. Like I mean, all these people. You know, there's it's pandemonium. People yeah. are everywhere, so people are jumping the fences. Ne- you know, right to the right and left of us. So I would say there's maybe, you know, hundred, two hundred people near us. Wow. And I hate to even ask this one because when when you when you laid out the facts, it stopped me in my tracks. But I I, I feel like I need to ask like when he turns to you and says, "I need to go back." What are you thinking? He didn't even tell me. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I mean, I think that is 
one of the worst parts about it for me is he pulled these women and turned around and went back. So all of a sudden I look around and I'm like, where's my husband? Oh, so you, you didn't know, even didn't hear that if, like, part. Maybe he had got, yeah, I didn't know if he'd maybe gotten shot and had fallen or something. And I'm so like focused on getting away. I didn't notice. So he didn't even tell me. And once the women like came up to me and were like, it's fine. You know, he went back, he's doing a good job or, you know, he's doing the right thing. Then I was like, of course he would go back. You know, obviously I was a little annoyed, which sounds so silly. You know, I was annoyed that he wasn't going to be there comforting me, but I knew like that's just the type of person he is. And I knew he wouldn't have been able to live with himself if he didn't go back. Yeah. And that's and, and that's when he found some other survivors and was able to use his medic training to help them? Yeah. So the story that came out that I learned of after um, is there is a girl who had been shot in the arm and he was standing there. So he didn't go like fully back into the venue, but he basically stood outside and was like, if you're hurt, come to me. I can help you. If you're not hurt, keep running that way. <laughs> you know, keep running away. Uh, because people, you know, were in shock and they got out of the venue and they would just stop. Yeah. So he was kind of there to be like, okay, you know, keep moving. You know, you're okay. Keep moving. And if you're not okay, I'm here to help you. Um, so he probably helped many people. But the one story that came out after was he helped a girl that had been shot in the arm. And the details that we had were originally been given, we were like, oh, you know, he's like, I didn't do anything. I just walked her to the ambulance. Um, but this girl was 17. It was one of her first country concerts. And when we finally reunited with her, we had learned that she had gotten in a car to, and this woman was going to drive them to the hospital. And the woman freaked out and basically told them to get out of her car because she wasn't going to drive them anymore. So then this girl, this 17-year-old girl, was like, what do I do? So she runs and finds a security guard and was like, I've been shot. Please help me. And, you know, the security guard just tells her to run. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she finds and Oh, sorry. Oh, it's okay. We'll bleep it. my husband. Yeah, we'll bleep it. Don't yeah. worry about it. She finds my husband. And, um, you know, my husband is the one who takes her by the arm, tells her it's going to be okay, you know, puts pressure on it, stop the bleeding, you know, you know, inspects it and then gets her into an ambulance to get to the hospital. Wow. Wow. So it was definitely a crazy night. Your husband sounds like a really incredible person, and I just want to make sure I say that. Thank you, yeah. You know, I'm definitely lucky to be married to someone like that. 
you know, there's a common phrase that's like, I take a bullet for you. And it's like, I know he would, <laughs> you know, after that, I know he would. Yeah. He was ready to, you know, I knew he would before, beforehand, you know, but it's like, it just makes that, that phrase real. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, he turned around and went back. He shepherded people out. And then there's an actual child who has been let down twice and he steps up. That's, uh, that's, uh, I mean, and here's the thing. Those people were panicking. I'm not going to judge anybody for how they're behaving in a situation where they feel like their life is in danger. Who am I to judge? And I'm certain there were a lot of people doing incredible things. Um, But I have to say, to to hear your perspective on on how you got out of there and then his behavior following that, it's uh, it's pretty astounding. It's pretty astounding. Yeah. And one of the other, like, parts that was really bad for me, um, or, you know, that just made it even worse for me, is I was with a group of six. My husband and I were two of the six. But I was with four other people, you know, my best friends and their boyfriends. Wow. And I got separated from them immediately. You know, I just wow. went with my husband and I got separated from them. Then I ended up in this hotel off the strip. And what a lot of people don't realize is that they locked down the entire strip because there were reports coming in, you know, the the sound was echoing down the strip. So there were reports coming in. There's been a a shooting at the Aria. There's been a shooting at the Bellagio. There's, you know, a car that's wired for a bomb at, you know, the MGM or whatever. So all of this like false news is circulating around. Yeah. And, you know, so they shut down the entire strip about midnight when we decide it's probably safe you know, for us to make it back towards the strip, I'm trying to get back to my hotel for the night. You know, luckily I had, you know, phone battery. So I was able to at least text and check in with my friends and make sure that they were all okay. And everybody was? And let them know that I was okay. But all I wanted to do was get back to them. Yeah, of course. And And see them. And everybody was okay at the end of the day? So um, the worst that... The out of the six of us, the worst injury that we had was um, one of my friends took shrapnel. Wow! Um, because they ended up in a shipping container. Wow! And as the bullets were striking the container, little shards of metal were breaking off of the container, and unfortunately, a lot of it ended up in my friend's leg. Whew. Yeah. And has has she re- has she recovered from that? Um so it was he and oh, he. sorry about that. He yeah no no worries. Um you know he was like I haven't been shot. I can walk. I'm okay. Um so he went home and waited a few ge- days before he went to the doctor. Um and they basically told him that it was going to be more destructive for them to go in and remove all of the shrapnel, even though it hurts really badly, 
than to keep it in there. So he's okay. He just has a whole bunch of little bits of metal um, that come out of his leg every so often. So they, 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 so, co- they come out on their own from time to time. Yeah. I mean, at uh, this Oof. point, his body has started rejecting it. Yeah. Wow. Um, this yeah, is so real. This gnarly. is one of the yeah. realest conversations we've ever had on this show by far. <laughs> by far. Uh, wow. This is crazy. getting every every question I ask and every answer you give it gets just another little bit realer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, so we were trying to get back to them that night because you know, my, obviously, my husband has the medic training. My friends knew that, and they wanted him to come back and look at his leg to make sure that he he was okay with waiting to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But we weren't able to get back to our hotel that night. At all. And so, you know, finally, we tried for two hours waiting, hoping that they were going to, you know, take the strip off the lockdown and we could get back to our hotel. Um, and nothing. So finally at like 2 AM, I call my mom. I'm like, mom, (laughs) I need help. We need somewhere to stay tonight. So we end up at, you know, I think it was like a Wyndham or something that's just right off the strip. But we had no clothes to change into. You know, and so one of the worst parts about that whole experience for me was having to wake up, put the clothes back on that I was wearing the night before that was that were torn and bloody and, you know, dirty and look at the news and see what happened. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about that. I threw those clothes away real fast. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine. You don't you don't <laughs> keep those for uh, posterity anyway. I do want to ask uh, just, you know, now that you've kind of walked us through the bullet points of what happened, one question I just have is in the course of that whole process, from when it starts to when you get to that Wyndham, at what point did you feel safe? At what point did you feel like, okay, I'm not in danger of getting shot anymore? I didn't feel safe until I was back in my house the following day. Wow. So it was just a night of pure panic. Yeah. Wow. Now, you brought up the news again. Um, one thing I noticed before, and I might be, I might have heard you wrong or, or I might, might be misquoting you. If I remember right before, you said something about being in your survivors group. One of the positive aspects is that... Um, it, it, you said something along the lines of it, it feels a little more genuine to the experience than than the crazy news afterwards. I, I don't know if I misheard you wrong on that. Yeah, I mean, that's about right. We went through this experience, and no one else is going to understand it unless you go through it. Yeah. And I would never want anyone else to go through it, but it's nice to have a community there that has gone through it and understand and, you know, can just help you get through it and work through it or find the help that you need. Or there's a lot of nonprofits um, that have been started after. And 
there's a lot that has been done for these people that either lost someone in the shooting or were injured in the shooting. You know, it's just, it's a great thing to be a part of. And this community focuses specifically on people who were present for the Las Vegas shooting in particular? Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, it's a closed group and you have to basically prove that you were there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's family members of people who, um, didn't make it and people who were there. Wow. Wow. Great group. Yeah. What I mean, for as hard as it must be and and for as much as it, it, as it, you know, it's funny because you want to say that it's a reminder of the trauma necessarily, but it's not because it's not like the trauma goes away. So it's uniting thing, which uh, it must be really beautiful, even though it is such a dark thing. What's it? Yeah. Like, what's it like reading the news about an event you were at? What's that like? We're watching it's the hard. news. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard every time you know something comes up about it it brings you right back there Mm -hmm. and it's not even just about watching news about the las vegas shooting it's any shooting in general Mm -hmm. it takes me right back yeah of course of course that's not surprising at all you know it's heartbreaking (laughs) and did you did you did you you, sorry i just want to ask did did you feel like did you feel like the news was fair or the news was genuine to your experience or did, did you get the sense of like, Oh, this is, they're trying to sell papers or they're trying to get ratings right now. Or was it both? It's, it's really hard to say for me because I mean, I was so glued to it. Like that's how I was getting all my information. Yeah. I wanted to know every single detail, you know? So it's hard for me to say that just because I was hooked on, on, finding out the information and you know i wasn't really looking at it for for me it was an information thing i wanted to know how many people there were you know why he did it how he did it you know all those questions and not so so much from you know uh if they're trying to push an agenda or sell a story Mm -hmm. or you know get their ratings up or whatnot yeah even though i lived it i still have no i had no idea what happened right Right. You know? I feel like that's actually good to hear, that you were able to feel comfortable getting information from it, and it wasn't... I would have fear that it would be like this sensationalized news cycle thing that's almost like fetishizing it or or something like that. Um, I mean, like, the first day or two after, I was all about it. And then after a few days in where, you know, I was processing what was happening and trying to start the healing process, it did get a little hard um, and sensationalized. And, you know, social media to try and avoid all the news that was being spread there, you know, I just had to stay off of it. Yeah. Because afterwards, it wasn't really the news um, about it. It was all the debate that happens after it. Right. Right. That was hard. Right. And is that... And everyone wants to share their opinions on Facebook. (laughs) Right. And 
is I would imagine specifically the big one obviously is the gun debate. Yeah. Yeah. That must be your opinions on that must be far more layered than most of us because everybody in America has an opinion on that, I think, at this point. Yours must be more yeah. more complex than most of us. Yeah, and I, and I will say this. Everyone expects me to be very anti-gun because of what I went through, um, and I don't think that's the case. <laughs> I think it's actually made me want one even more. Wow. You know, a responsible, you know, be a responsible gun owner. But it it makes me realize how many, I hate to say it, but like idiots can get their hands on guns, you know, and how easy it is. Like, that's what I have the issue with. Yeah. And I'll, we don't have to go into it because it's obviously, you know, it's, it's very <laughs> touchy, you know, intense subject. But yeah. I will say that. <laughs> You've also probably heard the podcast where I think at least a few times now I've gone nuts saying I wish they would just melt all the guns into a big block of metal and throw it in the ocean. But that's just yeah. my it's my opinion. We don't have to have the same opinion. And uh Yeah. And you know what? I look at it as I'm a fisherman, right? I go out there and you know, I go out on the ocean and I go and slay tuna. And my rod and reel isn't going to hurt someone, but I would never, you know, it's very similar to hunting and I would never take that away from someone who is responsible and can go out and hunt for sport. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. kind of like how I look at it. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's so funny. It's like, uh, I just grew up in the Northeast it's not as much of a thing. People hunt in New Jersey, but not everybody. It's not like an entrenched part of the culture. When you meet yeah. people who hunt where I grew up, it's a, it's an outlier for sure. <laughs> so I just didn't grow up where people had guns. And that is one thing of like everyone has the knee-jerk reaction that basically boils down to like, why don't they just do it the way I grew up with where nobody has guns? Yeah. Or if you grew up around guns, why don't – why are – why are these idiots allowed to have guns? Why aren't why aren't people trained, you know? I do think yeah. one thing I thought, and again, my opinions do not matter, but I just wonder what you think, is uh, in the case of the Vegas shooting in particular, it's like the level of equipment that guy was able to get his hands on seems insane to me. Like you're saying hunting. That's the thing I get. Like if you live in a remote area where you think the cops can't get to your house in time when you call 911, I get why you'd want to have a handgun. I really do. And I'm yeah. not totally opposed to that. Or if you live in an area where you hunt and your family is actually eating that food, there's, I, I would say there's even a part of me that's like, I think there's something more noble about that than just buying meat from a supermarket where you don't have to think about the fact that it's life that's been taken. I get that. I get yeah. a hunting rifle. I get a handgun if that's how you feel like you have to protect your family. I don't get all these accessories to guns that turn them into like video game weapons and military grade weapons. I, yeah. ju I just don't understand why any, yeah. why any I, person using one for an actual tool would need that. But that's just me. That's yeah. just me. And my opinion I doesn't matter. Yeah. I definitely don't get that either. I don't get, you know, why he has this huge stockpile. Um, and the crazy thing about it is, 
you know, everyone, when a mass shooting happened and all the debates started about the guns, the legality of how they acquire the equipment always comes into play. Yeah. And the insane thing is he acquired everything legally. There was only one thing, a type of bullets that he was using that were not legal and everything else was legal. That's what I have an issue with. Let's go ahead and hit the pause button because we're going to be talking about this because why, of course we are, right? This is a thing that always gets talked about surrounding this issue. But I got to say, the way that our caller talked about it was very eye-opening as far as the uh, decorum and behavior of talking about this stuff and how, how we should be respectful in the course of doing so. So it's a really fascinating thing, and I, I hope you're uh, excited to hear more about it. In the meantime, we got ads. It's how the show works. Let's check them out. Deodorant. Something we use every day, but it's not something a lot of us think about. So I got to tell you about the aluminum-free deodorant. Changes the game. Kapari. Kapari's coconut deodorant is aluminum-free deodorant, but it doesn't suck. Okay, instead of plugging up the sweat glands, Kapari's deodorant takes care of smell without messing up your body's natural patterns. And it works. It fights odor with plant-based actives such as sage oil and coconut oil. Kapari's deodorant is great for sensitive skin and doesn't leave behind a sticky white residue. Just the sweet, subtle scent of fresh coconut milk. Reordering is easy with a deodorant subscription. That's a smart thing right there. You choose how often you want to receive it, and they ship it to you automatically for free, so you never run out of deodorant again. That's one of the big problems that I've run out. You've run out of deodorant. What an inconvenience. They got the hookup. Be sure to check out Kapari's new campaign, The Truth Stinks, about aluminum and all the reasons you don't want it in your deodorant. You've been hearing about it for years, right? The aluminum deodorant. We don't think about it enough. Now Kapari's coming along and telling you, we're going to make it easy for you. We're going to get you a subscription, something that's natural. Why would you not go with this? I've used it. It's great. Go to kalparibeauty.com slash beautiful to make the safe switch today and save $5 off your first order when you subscribe. That's kapari, K-O-P-A-R-I beauty.com slash beautiful. Kalparibeauty.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Now let's finish off the phone call. There was only one thing a type of bullets that he was using that were not legal and everything else was legal. That's what I have an issue with. Yeah, that's exactly where we cross over. That's where we, like you're saying, yeah. if someone uses it as a tool for hunting, I get your perspective on that. But that's where the Venn diagram crosses over of like, why, in what world is it, like if you have the money to spend that, you can become like an 80s movie action hero level human arsenal what the hell are we doing there there's got to be a middle ground there has to be a common sense middle ground that we just yeah i mean won't find this guy was insane yeah Um, of course i don't know how common knowledge it is um but he was using incendiary bullets um and was shooting at the the jet fuel tanks at the airport Whoa. He was trying to make big yeah. explosions happen at the airport? Yeah. So, like, imagine how much worse it could have been if, you know, A, the, the bullet actually punctured the, you know, tanks and then exploded. Yeah. It's so funny because one of the things that 
and again, not trying to make it about myself, but I think I've said this on the podcast. I go nuts because I've spoken so much about mental health and being medicated. And I feel like there's these, um, you know, news stories that when you look into it, I think it's pretty clear that, that some gun pro gun organizations race to figure out, was this person medicated? Was this person mentally ill? Effectively, was this person crazy? And it drives me nuts because it becomes this thing of it. This is not a guns issue. This is a mental illness issue. And it's like, well, yeah, of course, of course, of course to do what that man did. He was mentally ill. But I do think it's fair to say it's, it's not one or the other. It's the fact that both can cross over so easily in this guy. The fact that someone that, and I don't love this word because it's when it gets thrown in my direction, it, it stings. But when someone crazy can get that arsenal, that's a that's where yeah. the problem is. It's not a mental illness issue or a guns issue. It's the fact that th- there's such a wide open playing field with all this stuff that those things can cross over so easily. It's a problem. It's both. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, being a part of it and actually, you know, being on the basically on the other side and actually experiencing it and, and like, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, like there's something wrong and it doesn't matter if it's the guns or the mental health or, you know, even if you, you know, you take them away, they can still have access with them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Something needs to be done. Right. And it's, you know, (laughs) it's, you know, what's insidious about all of it is that we all settle for letting it be a guns versus mental illness issue. We're just like you're saying, the answer really is like, who cares? Okay. Let's pour money into both we're stripping down the amount of money going towards mental health care in this country. Well, yeah, let's increase that. And let's really put some money into researching how to uh, regulate guns a little bit better in a way where pro-gun Americans don't feel like they have their rights threatened. Why don't we put money into both those things? Because if we make it one versus the other, here's what happens. We all fight on fucking Facebook. And who gives a shit about that? Yep. That must be. That's the biggest issue I have. That must be the most. (laughs) When you go on Facebook and you see anyone who has some like crazy incendiary opinion fighting in their Facebook comments about this issue, you must just be. You must have the most justified moment of just shut up. Just shut up. Oh, yeah. I mean, and even like, you know, I'm not someone who really is on social media a lot or will post. Yeah. Anything like that. But I put a few people in their place after, (laughs) after it happened. Um, and not publicly, I, you know, always do it in a private setting, but it's like, do you not have respect for the people who are going through this hard time right now? It, this big debate always gets sparked. It always happens. People want to put it on Facebook and share it and, you know, get all crazy. But it's like the people who are victims and survivors of this event are also on Facebook. Right. Or any social media platform. Right. And it's like it it really came down to like, do you not have respect for what I'm going through? Like, do you really have to put these kinds of opinions on Facebook and fight about it tooth and nail with everything? Like, why can't we just. 
leave it be. And like, you know, the Facebook warriors, what are you really doing about it anyways, other than Nothing. ranting on Facebook? Thank you for like, saying let's it. Come together, support the people who are going through this, you know, and not spread more hate in, in this world. We don't need more hate. We need more love. Right. And we don't need you know, more I would, fighting. I would, we don't need more yeah. uneducated debate. We don't need more division. Yep. We don't need it. Anyone, like, I feel like anyone listening to this, it's, you know what's so, I feel like what you're saying is, is so true. And I've been thinking about this so much lately, so much lately. And it's coming to shape a lot of my, my the, the, the comedy I've been coming up with lately is that I think there's a shift that has happened in the past five to 10 years where everyone now, I think because of social media, everyone's assumption is that their opinion is the starting point for conversation. Their opinion yeah. is the most important one. Let's go from there. And it's like, no, when I grew up and I'm, I say it too much on the cat, on the podcast, especially lately. I'm like, I grew up like a, an Irish Catholic. I, I kind of grew up feeling like my opinion is the least important one. I should be, I should shut up. <laughs> I should shut up more often, but we all maybe should shut. Like, I want to hear from, like you're saying, the people who are affected by it. People are there. Those are the first people whose comfort I care about. Not my own. That's how it should be. You know who else I want to hear from? Experts. People have actually studied this shit. Not, uh, not, yep. not, not the, not the guy who, uh, who, who graduated a year after me in high. Not, not a guy who graduated after me a, a year after, later, later in high school who just wants to spout off about all of this. Some guy who I barely met, who yeah. I met three times in 1996, and vaguely remember because he's the younger <laughs> brother of a girl from my grade. Like, I don't need to, to watch him causing fights with everybody online. This is the last thing I need. Some guy who was thousands of miles away from this, who's like, actually, I got it all figured out, you motherfuckers. Let's go. It's the craziest thing that we settle for that. That we've allowed ourselves to yeah. sink to that level of empathy. It's crazy. It's, it's that and then on top of that like if you don't agree with me i don't want to be your friend yeah well, i'll just block you from so my life if i was yeah if i was friends with everyone who shared the same opinion for me as me like my life would be pretty boring yes you know like who cares everyone is allowed to have their own opinion Absolutely. and that doesn't affect my friendship with you if we have opposing opinions one thousand percent i don't get that <laughs> One thousand percent. We can't. We we can't. It just can't descend into this culture of. I'll put out there things. I we. It's like I'm gonna just say my opinions, and anyone who disagrees with me, rather than uh, rather than figure out any potential validity of each other's opinions, even if there's some painful truths to have to swallow there, or some painful middle grounds to find, I can literally just click block. I can. And you know what? I can screen grab it first. I can block you. And then I can put up the screen grab mm -hmm. so I can talk about what an asshole and what an idiot you are. And then everybody who already yeah. agrees with me can go, you really showed them. What did you do? You did nothing. <laughs> you, sh you shrunk your world, both in the amount of people in it and the amount of discourse you're willing to have. Good job. Yeah. You really did a, good, a lot of good. You really did a lot of good. And that's for people on yeah. all sides of the issues. It's really driving me nuts. Yeah. I cannot believe this. We only have nine minutes left. That's insane. Wow. That's insane. That flew by. <laughs> it really did. I cannot believe what you lived through. I mean, I could talk to you for two more hours. I really could. Yeah. Hey, is that I a... Mean, oh, go for it. You mean what? Oh, go. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I'm really 
lucky to be here, you know, and I'm happy to share my story and, you know, happy to live life the best that I can. That's that's beautiful. And you know what? I'm listening to that and I haven't lived what you've lived through. And I've had a lot, you know, almost everybody, almost everybody listening to this has not lived anything close to similar to your experience. And I think all of us would be well served to remember we could take that advice and we didn't have the trauma you had. We didn't, you know, this whole idea of trying to live your best life, trying to be thankful for it. We don't all, we all need to stop and think about that a little bit more. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was going to ask. I would agree with that. (laughs) One thing that's been on my mind is the, the, the survivors group is the 17 year old girl in the group. Have you, have you ever been in touch with her again? So, yes. Um, so anchor, um, is actually the one who spread the story on social media. Um, a woman who I used to work for tagged me in it and was like, maybe this is your husband. Cause his name is, you know, not super common. Mm-hmm. And it turned out, yes, that was, you know, that was his hus- my husband. Um, so in May, I think, I think it was May. Anyways, um, either, either April or May, I can't remember the exact date, but we actually flew back to Vegas. Wow. Um, she had no idea and surprised her and they got to reunite. Wow. That must've been tears it, everywhere. It was amazing. Did everyone <laughs> cry forever? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say this to Oh, go for it. It was what? Oh, no, it was just very, just another thing that just shows, you know, how people have, you know, come together and these strangers that I never would have known, you know, are going to be a part of my life forever. Yeah. (laughs) I want to just say to you just, you know, this was a very public incident. You just revealed that it was covered by the news. It's probably easy now for people to do some internet detective work and figure out who your husband is, who this girl were, who you are. And I just want to say, this is a public incident. You mentioned that it was on the news. It is what it is. But for anybody listening, if you're a fan of this podcast, that's not permission for you to start uh, sending messages to my callers, okay? They're anonymous for a reason. Don't internet detective it. We have a caller online sharing an intense story that is a story of pain and tragedy, but ultimately a story of beauty I don't want people sending you weird Facebook messages because you opened up to us on the show here. Everybody, every again, I'm going to underline this again. Everybody on the internet, stop being weird. Yeah. Be a little cooler. Nobody needs to harass you about this. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's our, It already happened, you know. <laughs> so, of course. Like, not in a bad way. The, the messages that I got once it was revealed that it was my husband and, you know, just these random people on Facebook that, I don't know. You oh, know, yeah. I've never met but these random people who saw the story were messaging me these beautiful things. That's you nice. know, and that was that was the best thing for me. That's nice. Yeah, I the, mean, the, the random messages I get on the internet are really beautiful and nice. <laughs> no, many of them are. Many. That's not true. I just focus on the bad ones. 
90% yeah. of them are people who are like, thank you so much. I listen to your podcast. It, it's really been a nice thing in my life. Those ones come in and they're beautiful and I love them. And then the other, then there's 10% that are like, why is your bullshit ass ugly face on true TV and practical jokers forever? And I'm like, oh God, oh God. I'm friends yeah. with those, I'm friends with Sal. He'd be so mad if you sent, if you knew you sent me. Anyway, who cares? I've made it about me yet again. Yet again, I found a way to make this show about me with four and a half minutes left. Yeah, well, I don't know. The internet trolls will always be internet trolls, but... They will. You know, you, ha you have the power to either take what they say, you know, to heart, or just, you know, let them just be words. Ain't that so, the truth? you know... Ain't that the truth? Let them be words and don't, don't let the trolls get the satisfaction. I cannot believe that somehow one... that. This is a new level of low for me because this has happened before where a survivor of the Las Vegas mass shooting is giving me a pep talk. I have somehow managed to pull that off. This has happened before on the show where someone who has lived through something that I have never seen and pray I will never see is going, don't worry about true TV fans. I was just kidding. I was just trying to, a moment of levity. I, mean, I don't, I know. I, can, I handle them pretty well. I handle them well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it just, the positivity it just needs to keep being spread i'm i'm amazed love. at you i am amazed by you positivity love you say this community has helped get you there i would imagine that there you would think that and this probably probably is also a factor have you had nightmares or anything any trauma things like that or is this or are, oh, yeah 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 right it can't just yeah, all be I mean, positivity I, and love oh i mean no <laughs> but at the same time i think i you know I've been through a lot of therapy, which has helped a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I just take the stance that if I live in fear or terror or, you know, this, this guy has power over me. Right. And he, he doesn't deserve that. Right. So, you know, I tried to, and I'm lucky because I was a very happy go lucky person beforehand. Um, so I think that gave me the, you know, tools to deal with it afterwards. But, you know, there's nothing I can do. I can't go to the past and change it. So I'm just going to move forward to the future and, you know, be happy and live my life. That's incredible. It's really incredible. And I give so much credit yeah. to you and, and so much credit to that community that has formed to, to help, uh, help you and, and other people embrace that. That is incredible. Yes. And if you have a chance, do a random act of kindness and spread the love. Yeah, what's uh? It's easy. What's your most recent you know? one, Ben? What's been the most recent act of kindness? Um, I went to a beer festival last weekend, and I handed out Starbucks gift cards. Wow. So that was fun. And I randomly met another survivor while I was doing it. Wow. How does that come up? Do you explain why you're um, handing out because, the gift cards? So, um, yeah, I've got, like, basically business cards that say, you know, please accept this random act of kindness in memory of someone's name, you know, one of our angels from the shooting, you know, and someone's like, oh, my friend was there. And then then I got introduced to the friend. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, wow. I don't need, the, like, you know, I don't need the recognition. I would rather just be anonymous and you know lay them all around but it, it's 
part it's part of my healing process. Yeah. And I would imagine that face to face connection with other people goes a long way. Yeah. It's great. I can't thank you enough for really calling. Good. This was uh <laughs> this this one has, has really has 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 really been overwhelming in a positive way and uh one of the darkest and most infamous incidents anyone has had personal experience with that that has ever called, and yet you've also somehow managed to be one of the most uh, positive people that's ever called, and it's inspiring. It really is. You're very inspiring. Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you creating a platform where I am able to share this story. I just, um, I just and, put a know. phone number out there. That's all I do. Yep. I didn't, yep. I'm not, I don't, you're the best and an incredible person. Thank you for calling. Thank you. <laughs> Caller, thank you. Thank you so much for calling. I, again, I know you said I don't have to say sorry, but just I am so sincerely sorry that you and anyone had to live through that. But I will say a huge, massive thank you for, um, being who you are and, and showing me and, and revealing to everyone listening how you handled this, what a good reminder about how to treat people, how to interact with the world, and how to deal with the darkness that life can throw our way. I can't say enough how inspiring you are. Thank you so much. Thank you to Jared O'Connell. Thank you to Harry Nelson. One of the ones where we all stopped and just kind of looked at each other right after it ended. Thank you to Justin Linville, who helps organize my life in all the ways that are necessary for a uh, disorganized mess like me. Thank you to Shellshag for the intro music. I'm on the road all the time. I'm doing stand-up. I'm doing live tapings of the podcast. ChrisGeth.com has all the dates and all the cities. Check it out. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. It helps. But honestly, after that call, who cares? Go hug somebody you love. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, someone with a hard past is really looking forward to a new future. So you're getting married on the clock, 15 and... You know, I'll tell you what, I'm a Jersey guy, so I'm, I'm prone to compare things to a Springsteen song, but since you're in the middle of the Midwest, I'm going to say this sounds like a John Cougar Mellencamp song. Yeah. Damn. And the whole time you're sitting there going, hit the brakes. When are you going to hit the brakes? And you just never do it. Yep. I never did it. And I just kept thinking, oh, man, like, what do you say? What do you do? What are people? I mean, how do you stop it once you've already put that in motion so far? That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. I haven't mentioned to you guys in a while that we got merch. Beautiful anonymous merch. Show off your fandom for the show, okay? Like right now, we got an illustrated mug available on Podswag. Your one-stop shop for podcast merch. Head to podswag.com to find a wide range of clothing, accessories, and novelty items courtesy of all your favorite podcasts. Our illustrated mug was made in the USA with art by Louise Nielsen, fan of the show. We much appreciate it. It's a perfect accessory to your morning routine. We got the Sorry Sally t-shirt in there as well. Go to podswag.com slash beautiful to shop the full collection. That's podswag.com slash beautiful.